Hello friends and welcome back to Puffcast. You have probably noticed us being a bit absent for a couple of weeks. That is due to me being quite sick with a really terrible flu, fever and everything else that comes along with it, which made it difficult for me to record or edit or anything. But now I'm feeling better. Here we go with a new episode. And this is actually a recording from last March, where we held for the third year in a row the WAVAW Rape Crisis Center donation livestream, where we collected donations to help out those in need. They have recently changed their name to SALAL or SALAL, Sexual Violence Support Center. So just to make sure that you are not getting the wrong idea, in this episode we are of course only discussing Harry Potter related topics. There is no talk about any sexual violence or anything regarding this matter. The only thing we are going to discuss very shortly is that Juliana is going to give you, in the beginning of the episode, a quick overview of what the support center actually does, what help they provide, so you get an idea of where the money actually goes to. But that is it, so it is definitely safe for you to listen to. During the recording, we actually managed to get $362 of donations. After the recording, we got a couple more donations in, and in the end, we actually were able to collect $727.50, and everything went straight away to the Salal Sexual Violence Support Center, where people in need are being helped. So thank you guys so, 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 so much for all the support once again for the third time in a row. It's so heartwarming and lovely to see how much you guys care. So all that I have left to say is we have a very fun discussion for you in store in this episode. If you have any feedback on the plot points that we have discussed and the changes and possibilities that we came up with, please send us an email, as you know, to puffcastpot at gmail.com or contact us on social media, go there, send us a private message, post under our posts, whatever you like to do best. Here is the episode for you. Go jump in, have fun, and again, thank you so much for all the donations, for the support, for sharing this, for helping those victims out that really need it. Hello and welcome back to Puffcast, your Harry Potter happy place. This is episode 79 and we are live from the WAVAW Streaming for Survivors fundraiser this year. So Juliana, we are live on Twitch right now. We have people in the chat and we are so excited to have a great conversation with you all. Yeah, you get to see my face, friends. Wow. (laughs) It's always so weird and I'm always feeling so nervous when we're doing this because there's actually people looking at us right now (laughs) and listening. I feel like I feel the same. I I feel like I just like, I'm just myself across the board. (laughs) Hi, friends. (laughs) But it is nice to have people watching us. So Yeah, and get your feedback right away. That is always so nice to see. So... I think this is going to be good. And we're always having fun doing those. Yeah. As mentioned, this is a live stream for the WAVAW Rape Crisis Center. This is the third year that we are doing this to help them raise donations and help people in need. And Juliana, would you like to refresh all our minds? Who is the WAVAW? 
Yeah, so like Mel said, this is our third year working with them, and they are just a fabulous organization that does so much good. So thank you to anyone who is going to be donating and has donated already to this cause. Who is the WAVAW anyway? They are the largest sexual assault center in British Columbia, and they provide feminist support services to all survivors of marginalized gender, including cis and trans women, trans, non-binary, two-spirit, and genderqueer people across Canada and beyond. And despite managing a caseload of more than 300 survivors, they have more than 250 survivors on their wait list for their free-of-charge counseling services, and their wait list is over two years long due to lack of fundraising. Oh, wow. That is so long. Yeah, and it's so hard to get any kind of help when you're a victim of rape or you're like part of any situation that includes that because uh, society is not nice to people mm-hmm. who go through things like that. So it's great that this WAVAW is doing this amazing work. Yeah. They provide all free of charge, which is freaking fantastic. And include but are not limited to a 24-hour crisis and information line connect chat with tech services individual counseling and group counseling education and outreach for schools businesses and services providing education on sexualized violence and they also provide service for all the people all the BIPOC and LGBTQIA plus survivors and they said that they receive over 5,000 calls a year on their crisis line which is wild now if you'd like their crisis line Mel will probably put that in our in the show notes. Yeah. Yep, just in case you do need it. They have noted that just $35 worth of fun funds one hour of support on their free of charge 24-hour worldwide crisis line, which is great. And we'll definitely add a little bit more information as to how you can contact them and if you'd like to utilize any of their services, which please, if you're in any of these situations, please, 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 please utilize their services in our description of this episode. So they are really, really just like a fantastic organization with some really sweet people behind it. And really, we're, we're so excited to be able to support them again this year. So we already have a couple of donations since a couple of days. I'm going to be a busy wizard today. (laughs) Yes, you are. We love to support these guys because they are doing so much good. They are all Mm -hmm. lovely people. And every year again, we love doing this. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just a tiny amount, please, please donate so that we can help. Every tiny bit is important and can already make a difference. So, yeah. And we're also just going to shout out a few of our favorite little small businesses, which are also helping to donate yes. to this great cause, which is awesome. Obviously, we have David of Crooked Wands, who is donating 25% of his sales for the month, which is fantastic. So thank you, David, for that. Thank you. And go check out David at Crooked underscore Wands on Instagram. And then we have our friend at The Trunk of Requirements, who is running a sale this weekend. And 10% of his sales this weekend are going to go to us here at the WABAW Fundraising All the donations from our friends who are helping and your donations Mm. are all in full going to the organization. We don't keep any of it, of course. So it's all going straight there. Mm -hmm. We are personally taking part to donating to and our Patreon for this month as well. Because if you don't know, through our Patreon, we are actually donating to different places every single month. Yeah. So we're going to have some good, hopefully some good donations. Our goal is to reach 700 bucks, which is what we did last year. So <laughs> let's see what we can do. So I would say we will jump into our main discussion for this episode. So you guys get to chat with us as well and leave your comments. 
our main discussion for this week, we have chosen a couple of big turning points in the books, and we're gonna be speculating a little bit about what if they went differently. Yeah. Our very first one that we have chosen is the return of Voldemort in Goblet of Fire, which I think is probably the biggest turning point in the stories. So much is changing in that book. Yeah. We have Harry, who is no longer the small boy who lived, and he just becomes the hero that he's destined to be, and begins his journey to destroying Voldemort and his evilness. So the story turns very dark, and it's no longer a kid's story. And Juliana, you had the question, Yeah. what if Harry was killed in the graveyard instead of Cedric? My boy! My boy! <laughs> what would have happened? Yeah, I think it's definitely interesting to think, like, like what if Harry had died and Cedric was the one who had to, like, either, one, carry just, like, the knowledge of Harry's death back to the Triwizard Tournament Hogwarts situation that was happening, or his whole body. I'm assuming that if Harry got killed, Voldemort would probably keep Harry's body. I don't think that he would let Cedric go with the body unless it was, like, kind of... Because mm. when we see Harry leave with Cedric's body, Cedric is someone that, like, Voldemort didn't care about, whatever. He's not... He doesn't care that this kid died. He was just... The spare! Um, so I, I think that it would be, like, a really interesting point because I feel like at that point, all hope would be lost because Voldemort yeah. is back. We have Cedric, who... We love, but not really the chosen one, not really the one who is meant to do anything with the prophecy. And all of a sudden he returns and the Hufflepuffs are very happy. We're like, we won! Yay! First on nothing! And then we're like, oh no. I guess my question too is, do we think that, because I'm assuming Cedric comes back, right? Just like Harry did. But he doesn't bring, he's not able to bring the body back because Voldemort's like, I, I'm keeping Harry. I got to make sure I have proof that this kid is dead. Yeah. So Cedric comes back. Do we think that Fudge and the rest of the people who are there believe Cedric that Voldemort is back and he killed Harry? If they immediately kill Harry and Cedric mm -hmm. would be able to run away, I would think they are much faster than both of them and they would mm -hmm. kill, kill Cedric anyway. Mm. If he was lucky enough to get to the port key, though, I think they would have kept Harry there and alive until they have the blood and everything of him that they needed to even raise Voldemort up to mm -hmm. its full form again. After that, yeah, the question is what would have happened with that? I was gonna say, I feel like Voldemort would go on like a tour day, I killed Harry. Like he would just <laughs> parade around either Harry like alive, like but being tortured in like a bubble. Yeah. Or, like, literally just, like, have, like, dead Harry just, like, floating above his head and being like, look what I did! Hee 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 hee! I'm an evil villain. Look at me. I killed this boy. I have proof. Look, his body's right up there. You can't yeah. just tell me otherwise and I will rule the world now. I imagine Harry is being frozen. Like, you know how Walt Disney has been frozen in, like, an ice block or whatever? Voldemort does the same thing. Or, like, how they have the guy in Fantastic Beasts 3 portraited into the wall. They kind of just... <laughs> preserve harry's body somewhere so voldemort has like his main office that he goes back to and harry's body is just like a portrait behind him he's like look what i did i killed the boy <laughs> uh, the question that is that i have noted down here as well in the doc for us but also mm -hmm. is raised in the chat is would harry really have died or would the horcrux have died mm. or would harry have died and the horcrux would have lived on in harry's body i think that mm. if we are thinking about that 
first of all, they need the blood of Harry, so he has to stay alive so that they can raise Voldemort back. And once Voldemort has returned in his full body, that he then technically could kill Harry, as we see in the yeah. last showdown. Mm -hmm. But he would have noticed right away that he also has destroyed a Horcrux, because he would feel it inside his body, I think. Yeah. I think because he has Harry, like, they're kind of trapped as opposed to at the last scene of the real, like, the real ending where Harry's independent at that point when they're dueling as opposed to, like, having Harry, like, trapped by his Death Eaters. I think you're right that he would feel the fact that that Horcrux had died inside of Harry and then mm -hmm. he would be, like, looking over and Harry would still be alive and he'd be like, okay, like, I thought I ever, uh, about a cadaver with this kid, like, what the heck is going on? And probably would just be like, I'm a cadaver! Again, like, a second time, just to make sure he did the job correctly. Yeah. Because we, we have at the original end scene where they are in the forest and he throws the killing curse at Harry, he kills the Horcrux with that and not Harry. But is that because mm -hmm. he has, Harry can't die in that moment because he's the master of death. He has all the Deathly Hallows, they are all oh, in his possession. Yeah. But he doesn't have that in book four. At that time he can't die and only the Horcrux is killed. But mm -hmm. now in this moment where he has just been risen again and Harry doesn't have any of that except for yeah. the invisibility cloak, I think he could have killed him, but yeah. Harry was just quick and fast enough to catch the portkey, otherwise Voldemort probably would have killed him. Yeah, no, I think you're right too, and at that point Voldemort doesn't even have the Elder Wand either, and we don't know about the Resurrection Stone, like in the context of the books, and yeah. so, yeah, I think you're right that he probably could have just been like, I don't remember, and like killed him off, and yeah. that's the end. <laughs> It is an interesting question, though, where you said, I think, was Sheila, yes, if Harry would be dead, but the mm -hmm. Horcrux is still alive, mm -hmm. because that one you cannot just so easily kill. You have, like, a zombified Harry. I don't think that it would have stayed in his body. It might have latched onto something else that is still alive. So maybe mm. it would have, like, blasted out of him or something and would have attached itself to the next object that's interesting for me to think about because if we think about all the other like casings for the horcruxes that are out there only two of them are live beings the rest mm. of them are like items and you have you have to purposefully place it into that so yeah would it yeah. just bounce around or would it be destroyed too maybe like it would go and sit in Pettigrew. maybe like lucius malfoy becomes half horcrux at that point or something or bellatrix because we all know <laughs> that bellatrix has a child with voldemort apparently according to oh, no, child, no, no, which no, is... no. So maybe. We have lots of stuff in the in the chat happening, so everyone is like having lots of thoughts here. Would the Horcrux have been able to behave as a human being as it wasn't a full person? If Harry would have died and the Horcrux would have stayed in his body, would Harry still have been walking around, but it's the Horcrux basically controlling him? I think that the Horcrux, based off of the rules we see, all the other Horcruxes being played by, specifically Nagini, because, like, Neville kills Nagini and the Horcrux is, like, done. Like, you take Nagini's life and the Horcrux is done. So I'm assuming that if you take Harry's life, when he's not the master of death, the Horcrux, based off of the rules that Nagini was played by, would die with Harry. Because you kill Nagini, you kill the Horcrux. If you kill Harry without him being the master of death, you should also be killing the Horcrux, based off of the rules that were established. Yeah, that's what I mean, that they, they would both of it would die. Harry and the yeah. Horcrux would die, I think, because I think so. We do have the situation where Voldemort is then, in the end, killing the Horcrux, but not Harry, because Harry is the master mm -hmm. of death. 
So that mm-hmm. gives him the protection. Yeah. But without that, both would die. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm in the same camp as you. I think they're both going to die if, if Harry dies. But I have another question. Mm-hmm. We have seen that uh, Wormtail actually killed Cedric in that situation. It wasn't Voldemort. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyone that would try to kill Harry, would they be able to actually kill him? Because the as we see, all the objects that are having a horcrux in them, you cannot mm-hmm. just kill them. You have to have a specific thing mm. like the Sword of Gryffindor, for example. Yeah. So could you only with these types of objects kill Harry or then, you know, Voldemort himself as we see later because that's his soul piece in there so that he can kill it makes sense. But anyone else in the world, could Harry have ever been killed by anything, anyone besides these objects that are able to kill the Horcruxes. I mean, he comes close, but um, a lot of times. <laughs> but does Vol- Voldemort has the Elder Wand at the end of Book 7, right? When he's dueling Harry? Yeah, but the, the wand, his allegiance belongs already to Harry. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking of the scene where they're in the forest and Harry, like, willingly gets abadacadabred by mm-hmm. Voldemort. In that scene, Voldemort has the Elder Wand, correct? Yes. Okay, so that would make sense. So you need the Elder Wand to destroy that Horcrux section. Because I'm just thinking, like, if he doesn't have the Elder Wand, regardless if it, if it's loyal to him or not, like, that's a special wand, and that is something that I think would qualify as, like, a Horcrux breaker, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe that... Possibly not, then, maybe? Maybe not. Maybe Harry just is, like, skirting the line of death... <laughs> <laughs> very 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 closely he keeps being protected i think by the horcrux yeah it's ruthless it doesn't want to let go yeah. it's like, no! and it would and when you think about it it would make sense because he is constantly in danger and coming yes. so close to death but uh-huh. he always survives somehow so i would think that that might be the case fred said maybe i think he would be put in a coma his body would be broken but he would still be brain alive so he's just like a zombie like a horcrux zombie Kind of oh like Bathilda Bagshot was when Nagini <gasps> was inside of her, which is the oh most... Oh my god, Honestly, that yeah. is the most disgusting scene out of the entire book series. Yeah. Like, there are some things where I'm like, ew. That whole, like, sequence is disgusting. We don't need any more zombies. No. Return of the Walking Dead, Harry Potter edition. <laughs> Another question. So, let's assume, no matter how this situation plays out, that mm-hmm. Voldemort is back... Harry dead, Cedric dead, Cedric alive, it doesn't really matter. Cedric itself Mm -hmm. doesn't change anything, I think. Mm -hmm. But with Harry gone and Voldemort still on the loose, still following his plan, Mm. Dumbledore would have to need to find a new champion in quotation marks. What would Dumbledore do? He would have to find someone who could do this. Would he do it all by himself now? Would he continue just with Hermione and Ron because they are already kind of on the trail anyway? Or Mm -hmm. would they then switch over to Neville because he could have been the other one, as we know? I think think two things would happen. One, Voldemort would go on a world tour telling everyone that he has, he kills Harry (laughs) Potter and the whole world would know. So... Budge would have a hard time going up against Voldemort, like literally probably walking into his office and being like, hello, I'm here and I killed Harry Potter. Ha 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 ha. I think because Dumbledore seems to be pretty willing to go along with the prophecy and also Voldemort is very much so into the prophecy. I think Dumbledore would, one, probably take a lot of things into his hands and probably put a lot more less pressure on Neville, I think, than he put on Harry just because he would feel guilty 
and he'd be like, I have to do all the things myself. But I think he would recruit Neville and I think he'd bring him in and try and make like a new Harry. But I don't know how... Because I, I definitely can see Dumbledore doing a lot of things himself because he's someone who's like very self-sufficient and very like, yeah. it's my problem, I have to deal with it. And then being like, okay, Dumbledore, like maybe you should have shared the responsibility for some of these things. Maybe you should have told other people. You know, at that point, we are already, it's becoming really urgent that mm-hmm. these Horcruxes have to be found and destroyed and find an end to Voldemort's plan and himself. So yeah. I feel like prophecy-wise... Yes, he could have chosen Neville, but it would have Mm -hmm. been such a crash course for him. And he was not ready at the time at all to even take on such a task, while Harry had already all these years before such an experience with this. Mm -hmm. And again, we know that the prophecies are not necessarily really something that have to be taken so serious, only if you make that happen. And Voldemort chose and take it serious. Mm -hmm. And that's why these things are happening. I, I, now that I'm thinking too, I think the prophecy because at this point you can kind of call it closed, wouldn't you? Because yes, one yeah. has to kill the other, so it's already it's kind already of done. done. Yeah, and done. he's back. So yeah, do you think that in that moment he would not go after Neville and include him in that mm. and try to raise him in that way, but he would then actually take the order? and the people and give them more information so that they all mm. can work on it together but only the ones that are really like the closest yeah that you can really trust yeah we actually i was looking at the chat we actually got a good comment from Brad saying he would probably lean into snape really hard and yeah have snape do like an inside job almost and be like hey my dude like you said that you were going to help me out and be a double agent so we lost harry um, I need you to like kill Voldemort ASAP. Thanks. Bye. Love you. Bunches. <laughs> His hugs and smooches. But I, I agree with Fred that in that I think Dumbledore would probably lean into Snape a lot harder because that's Dumbledore's probably closest direct connection to taking down Voldemort. Yeah. Because Snape is part of that whole group that the Death Eaters. I say, I'm like, that group that Voldemort has created, like it doesn't have a name. Uh, <laughs> so he's the only one who like in Dumbledore's direct circle who has sworn allegiance to Dumbledore and it has like stake in everything that's going on would be the closest to Voldemort. I also think that Snape would be an emotional wreck because we know he like hates Harry, but that's like the last piece of Lily that's left in the world essentially. Mm -hmm. And so I think that he would probably be like emotionally like not in a great place and maybe for like he'd be mad and i think that actually might be a good place for dumbledore to step in and be like hey let's kill that guy you're mad at for killing lily's son yeah let's do it sheila asks though with harry dead would snape really continue to work for dumbledore i think he would because he would want to avenge like the fact that voldemort killed lily's only blood relative that's worthwhile we're not counting petunia i do keep thinking though that he doesn't really care that much for for harry i mean yeah, in the end, he's kind of saying that, oh, really, you're raising him for yeah. being actually killed in the end either way, no matter what. That's kind of cruel, even for you. Yeah, I mean, I think that mm. Snape is like, he's he's just an odd character. Plus, he's already kind of indebted to Dumbledore at that point, And I feel like all the work that Snape has put into this whole like shenanigans he's done with Dumbledore is kind of negated once Voldemort kills Harry so all that hard work Snape has put in being a double agent and putting up with Harry is kind of in the trash can because Voldemort already killed Harry so all that effort he put into protecting him 
mm. is all for naught. So I can see why he would be mad too, especially if he's like, he's like, I did it for Lily. I don't really like Harry. Voldemort killed Harry anyway. You told me he would be safe. You told me this would like help out. How can you betray me, Dumbledore? Blah, 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 blah. I'm so mad about Voldemort. I need to go off and he's yeah. going to go. I mean, I could see Snape going by himself to Voldemort and being like, how could you do that? Yeah, Jenna is saying also that when Snape commits to something, he sees it through. So he would continue. Yeah, on Dumbledore's side. Then Fred also says he can't care for him. Snape understands this is a death sentence. Also, any caring for Harry would instantly get back to the Death Eaters. Mm, I guess that's true. I mean, Snape doesn't have any caring bone in his body, so... Uh, <laughs> Kind of in character for him, you know? Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see. I feel like Snape is such, like, a complex character. He's kind of like Dumbledore, where there's so many layers to them as a person. And Dumbledore, I would say, is much more morally gray than Snape is. Snape, in my opinion, personally, and I know there are other people who think otherwise, is a bad person. He abuses kids, so. there's He's such a complex and so difficult character, and there's so much that we can talk about mm-hmm. him. I think Sheila put it nicely. She said, I should be getting a headache because of my studies for the exams I have on Wednesday. Instead, I'm getting a headache because this is such a complicated topic. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> I think you're right though, Sheila, because like like we said, Snape and Dumbledore, who are kind of our main people right here, are so like complex and such complex characters that it's really such a nuanced situation yeah. and it really depends on what you think of each of the characters, your own personal opinions, your own personal biases and morals, what you think would even happen. So it's definitely a good yeah. topic for a discussion with people. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. So do we want to move into our second topic of discussion, Mel? I think we kind of came to the conclusion that obviously the story would change a lot if Harry got killed in the graveyard. And we can't really decide exactly how it would play out, but there seems to be a lot of options. And we would like to say stay tuned for our episode with Roy of Snivelous Wands for more of a deep dive into Snape. What is our second what if, Mel? Actually, we are leaning more into Snape. Mm, okay. Okay, so Harry learns the truth about Snape is our other one that we have here Mm. on the dock. So, hey, let's chat some more about Snape. Did we decide when he finds out about Snape's double agency? Yeah, so he he learns about that after Snape has died and he collected Mm. the memory and he's Mm -hmm. seeing it. So that's where he learns that Dumbledore uh, forced Snape to kill him. Mm-hmm. pretty much he forced mm-hmm. his hand to kill him that Snape has sort of been protecting Harry all along that Snape had a thing for Lily which is a whole another direction we don't have to go into now really we don't so Harry learns also that he himself is the Horcrux and must die in order to take down Voldemort and so on Juliana's question was though what if Snape refuses to kill Dumbledore and I am in addition asking Mm. what if Snape refused at all from the beginning to join the good side and act as a spy to begin with Mm. yeah so there's quite a bit to think about I think yeah I mean my first inkling and like thing to chat about it that comes to my brain is Harry loses a whole wall of protection that Snape has created for him be it like him kind of feeding Voldemort false information, be it Dumbledore getting more information so he can like protect Harry, which 
Dumbledore doesn't protect Harry. He puts him in more danger. Things like that, where he's just, he's more vulnerable, I feel like. Snape refuses to go along with Dumbledore. He might side with Voldemort and actually might feed Voldemort truth and put Harry at even more of a risk because Snape is his teacher. And so he's in the same school, Mm -hmm. which also begs the point that if Snape said no to Dumbledore, would Dumbledore kick him out of Hogwarts? Hmm, that's a good question. Which I think would be the right move, honestly. Well, he kind of keeps him close to keep an eye on him and also to kind of protect Snape because in case Mm -hmm. that they would find out that Snape is sort of... that he has told Dumbledore about the prophecy. Mm -hmm. No, wait. He didn't do that. Snape overhears the... Snape only overheard it. Yes, sorry. That was my mistake. And that's why Dumbledore was like, ah, I gotta keep an eye on this guy. Yeah, right. So that that was a, a silly comment. See, this is where we are editing, um, so I don't sound as stupid. <laughs> yeah, that happens to me a lot. Well, I think we got to think through the, like so the the, the the sequence of events essentially is Voldemort kills Lily. Snape is mad about that. Yeah. Snape overhears the prophecy from Trelawney. Dumbledore then realizes that Snape is upset about Lily. Snape goes to Voldemort to protect, to kind of revenge, have revenge on Voldemort for Lily's death or whatever. And mm-hmm. Voldemort eventually's death. And then Dumbledore is like, okay, cool. Like, if you'll be on my side and you'll be a double agent, I'll make sure that we can protect Lily's heritage and her memory and everything and avenge Lily's death by killing Voldemort in return. So, and then Snape says, okay, cool, I'm on board with that. We get all that stuff, and then Snape says no to Dumbledore. I I mean, he's still mad at Voldemort. Does Snape go after Voldemort by himself, maybe? Because he's still mad at Voldemort. Maybe. And Snape is like a talented wizard, and he's like, he's a salty guy. As we have said here in the chat earlier, if he has something in his mind, he's pulling through with it. So he would probably, I could imagine he would try to find still a way to do it by himself then. Yeah. Fred actually made a good point too, saying something about like, if Snape went against Dumbledore, he would just happen, quote unquote, to find himself in Azkaban, which I definitely think is something that Dumbledore could facilitate, is just like Snape gets arrested. But I could definitely see Snape being someone who finds their way out of Azkaban too. Mm-hmm. so i i don't think that would hold him for long it would be more like a detour that would only make snape more angry with dumbledore i think yeah let's just imagine snape says no to dumbledore he finds himself in azkaban breaks out of azkaban and then goes after voldemort he can't kill voldemort snape doesn't understand the whole horcruxes whatever thing yet we don't know what what's going on with that mm-hmm. and so maybe he comes back to dumbledore and like it's like oh man tell me the secrets Tell me what is going on. I need to know what is happening. It just makes so much more sense that he would team up with Dumbledore, that it's hard to imagine that he wouldn't. Really, the smartest thing is to team up with Dumbledore, because Dumbledore is the most powerful or one of the most powerful wizards and Mm -hmm. Voldemort really fears him. He's the only one that he fears and sees as his equal. Going to that source, of course, makes sense. So he would deprive himself of that help, that influence, and that power, and would have a very low chance of... I mean, he is a very smart, talented wizard himself, definitely. But doing it all by himself would be way, way harder. And I don't think he would ever get there. So I have I have two things that are popping into my head, Val, that would like alter that situation. Yeah. So Snape is definitely, like you said, like he's very driven and he's very self-driven, which is super Slytherin. 
do we think that he, because he's so driven to like avenge Lily, could he bring himself up to the same wizarding status as Dumbledore? Because he's very smart and he's very talented. And if you put in like the time and effort, I think he could get up to that level. Uh-huh. Or my other question is, would he go find Grindelwald and team up with him? What? Because Grindelwald is also the other greatest wizard of all time, pretty much. That is true. I didn't even think of that possibility. And he's still alive. Yeah. He's kind of old, but he's still there. But he would have to get him out of prison first. Okay, ready, ready. So Snape says no to Dumbledore. Dumbledore just so happens to send Snape to Azkaban. Snape is in the mess hall at Azkaban and meets Grindelwald there. Breaks them both out. They and then they go the and take over prison, the same prison, though. They're not in the same prison. Oh, yeah. He's in Numenigard, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's far oh. away somewhere else with probably a huge amount of protection around him so that he cannot get out. Because he for sure tries. Because he is a very powerful wizard. And if you are able to hold him in prison... But Voldemort gets in to kill him, though. Yeah, Voldemort is very powerful. I don't know how he does it, but... I feel like Snape is also powerful too, though. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see a team-up situation with Snape and Grindelwald. Oh, Jenna is saying that she also feels like Snape would go after him because he would feel like there was no point in living, so might as well be a suicide bomber at that point. So he would probably... Against Voldemort? Yeah, charge Mm. full force on him and try, and if he fails, then he fails, and he doesn't have to live through this misery. I think what we really have come from this is that Snape just needs a good mental health therapist. He has some issues that he's working through that have been pretty prevalent in his life since he was like 11 that he's clearly never worked on. Mm-hmm. Just someone to help him out. He needs to talk to someone, maybe scream at a wall, scream out into the distance yeah. and just get those feelings out. Maybe go meet someone else. Go make some friends. I think he would make some nice friends in Azkaban. Do you think, Mel? He can have some nice cellmates who he gets to share his like little mess hall meals with. And he's... Snape? Yeah. He he really is a person that prefers to be left alone. So, okay. I think we should come up with one more turning point that we mm. can think of that we can discuss a little bit. One of the things that's popping into my head, too, is like, what if Harry never gets chosen from the Goblet of Fire? Like, what if there are only three champions? Like, what happens there? The whole story, the whole book is kind of, like, gone. Do we, like, throw Harry into the dragons? Does he just so happen to, like, apparate into the middle of the dragon pit where he almost dies? Then it would be kind of pointless that uh, we have an imposter Moody as well in Mm. the school. Would he try to find, probably all year through, he would try to find another way of including Harry or getting him there at the end somehow. Mm. I'm wondering, like, what if Harry doesn't get chosen from the Goblet of Fire, but instead of Cedric, we get, like, Hermione or someone, or maybe one of the twins, or someone someone who's, like, connected to Harry as the champion of Hogwarts. So he could be pulled in easier? Yeah, so he could be, like, the person at the bottom of the lake. He could be, like, someone who's working one-on-one with him to train that person, or, like, get them mentally in the right headspace. Or, very simply, everyone is so distracted with all the stuff going on with the tournament that Harry is kind of like not paid attention to as much and Voldemort would have a much easier way to yeah, get, get to just him, kill him that the imposter Moody would drag him to the side and uh, just brings him himself to Voldemort you know personally just like yeah. oh let me let me tell you some more stories about your parents Let's go over there. And then there's a port key or something. And he teleports yeah. him there directly. You're right. There's so much going on that year at Hogwarts that it would be so yeah. easy to just kind of put him in a classroom and get him out of there. Mm-hmm. 
I think that Dumbledore always keeps a close eye on Harry no matter what is going on. Mm-hmm. So there would be still a certain amount of protection, but Imposter Moody is playing his role so good that Dumbledore mm-hmm. doesn't even notice. He has mm-hmm. a suspicion of sorts, but he's not like really catching it. See, that has always seemed off to me because Dumbledore can like sense ancient magic and do so many things. Like, how did he not know? That's I, I get that's part of the plot. I mm. still question like, how did he not know? If he can walk up to a wall and sense ancient magic and like pull magic from a wall, like why can't he sense that this person is polyjuice potioning? You know, I think that's maybe why he is being suspicious. He just doesn't have a way to prove it yet or something. Mm possibly that he notices that okay something is off about him but moody is always a little bit weird yeah and he's just so busy in keeping harry safe throughout the entire tournament mm-hmm. that he's not investigating as deeply as he usually would i guess yeah because he's just like so self-absorbed in his own task being ambitious for your own purposes not in a bad way necessarily I think that was more the younger Dumbledore when he was so in love with Grindelwald and he filled his head with all these ideas and made it sound so good because he was so in love. And Mm -hmm. when you're young, you're a little bit more stupid of sorts and you let yourself sway easier. Later on, I think Dumbledore is still very driven to that one goal, yes, but he's still Mm -hmm. trying to pay... He's paying attention to so many things. I think his head must be so full. That's why he has the pensive and why he Mm -hmm. (laughs) sorts out his thoughts all the time because otherwise he would explode. Yeah. Yeah, Sheila says also Imposter Moody would have failed hard if Harry wasn't chosen by the goblet. Mm Mm-hmm. I I kind of feel really the opposite, that he would have had an easier time. Though we do agree that he is the one who's actually managing to get his name into the goblet, right? So he mm. actually did that. So that was part of the plan. Yeah. Okay, uh, we have another turning point suggested by Fred, which is Harry eventually runs away from the Dursleys and ends up with the Weasleys before his 18th birthday, lifting oh. the safety away from him. Do the Death Eaters get to him sooner? Actually, yeah, because they're kind of always out for him anyway, and it sounds like what happened at the beginning of book seven would probably happen closer to whatever book this happened in that he didn't go back to the Dursleys at all. Yeah, that's that's exactly why he has to return every summer so that it mm-hmm. stays valid. Kind of renew that protection. And if he doesn't, and the Dursleys are saying that, you know, he's not coming back here, so this is not his home anymore, then yeah. And I think as soon as that happens, they would find him. Because he does magic here yeah. and there yeah. <laughs> without thinking about it. He's a bit of a dum-dum, so probably we don't know how much... He's actually not aware, even. They would catch him quite easily, I think. Oh, yeah. 100%. It would also depend, too, like how much Dumbledore has told him at that time, too, about what's going on. We know how good Dumbledore is with telling information, yeah. so... <laughs> I mean, if this happens like the second summer, like imagine he he goes to Hogwarts for his first year and then he's like, I'm not going back home. Can you imagine, though, that Dumbledore would definitely force him to go back and he would do anything to make Mm -hmm. that happen? Probably. And Dumbledore is also very persuasive. So I think probably send a howler to Petunia. I mean, Harry has tried to run away. Yeah, and I don't blame him. Yeah. It sucks living at the Dursleys. <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, I, I can definitely see Dumbledore even taking Harry by like the call, his collar and be like, it's time to go home for at least a day. You stay here, I will cement your feet to the ground, and I'll come back and get you in 24 hours. He really doesn't have to stay there long, as long mm-hmm. as it's still kind of like acting like a home. Mm-hmm. 
the ground based, yeah. Because later on in the summers he's like staying shortly at the Dursleys and then the rest of the summer he's staying with the Weasleys. So it's only to refresh the spell one day would probably be enough, yeah. Oh, Roy said, Harry being at the Dursleys would be the perfect hideaway. The Death Eaters found the burrow easily, so he wouldn't be safe there. Yeah, that's true. If Dumbledore wanted to send like an encrypted howler to Petunia again and being like, let Harry, I just, I, I mean, I'm kind of in the same camp as people is like, why didn't Dumbledore just at least step in to make sure Harry's life was like a little bit better growing up? Because he was definitely abused as a child, like pretty hardcore. Mm-hmm. You think like you would at least make it known that like, hey, like actually treat this kid with some respect, please. And thank you. Love the wizard who can kill you with one word. Hugs and smooches at Vatican And oh, Lovely. <laughs> I think if Dumbledore wrote like a note saying like, hey, take care of him, be nice to him, or else I'm a wizard, I think Petunia would have actually treated Harry a little bit nicer, at least like given him real food and given him like a real bedroom and actually not abused him as a child. I, I, that definitely falls on Dumbledore. Yeah. So that's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, Jenna also said that she thinks that Dumbledore might resort to Imperio if Harry refused to go back to the Dursleys. Which kind of begs the question, does Harry have to go back there on his own to consider it a home? Like, does he have to go there of his own free will? Because we're like considering it like a home, you know? I don't think that Harry or the Dursleys themselves see this as Harry's home. Harry doesn't mm-hmm. feel like that is his home. Hogwarts is his home. But as long as it's still officially his home, where mm-hmm. he's going to after school again, despite of how they feel about that, I think that's the, the main fact that it's just it has to be officially be his yeah his home where he goes back to because they are the caretakers of him officially Mm -hmm. so and as soon as they refuse doing that and kicking him out and he does not have this place then it's lifted yeah that is always like bothering me so much because there must be at least one or two other people in the family that could have taken him right yeah we get the whole scene where he's at the mirror of Eris and he's like, I see my whole family behind me. It's like, yeah, so everyone is either, either every single one is dead or yeah, it's really so. just that because Petunia was the closest to the family line. So he, she is the, the, it's the sister of his mother that mm. is the closest to the bloodline that you can, yeah. can get to. So if you then have like second great cousin or something, you know, where you could go to, that would be less powerful of a protection, I guess. What about, like, Grandpa Potter? I don't think the parents are alive anymore, I think. James' parents are dead? I think they they said that somewhere. If I'm wrong, tell me, but I think they are dead. I imagine, like, Grandpa Potter's a nice guy, and Grammy Potter's a nice lady. Yeah, because I'm I'm pretty sure that if someone from the Potter family would still be alive, he would have gone there and not over to the Dursleys. Oh, Sheila and Jenna both said both their parents are dead, James and Lily. Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. Also, when you think about it, he is much safer with muggles because he has no magic, nothing around him. And it's not Mm -hmm. tempting him to do magic so that he would be easier exposed or whatever. Found. There would be less attention because he's only surrounded by people who have no idea what wizards are. Mm -hmm. Or don't want wizards around at all. Or don't acknowledge it. And he is really the safest there. So even if it really, really sucks to be there. Yeah, but like safety from Voldemort, but still in an abusive relationship situation with his uncle and aunt. So yeah, 
Uh, Sheila still has a comment, and then I think we are closing the main discussion. Mm -hmm. Sheila is saying, maybe in the end it was the best for Harry to stay with the Dursleys. Imagine he would have been with a wizarding family. They would have told him how special he was for defeating Voldemort. By the time he got to Hogwarts, Harry would have been like Draco. <laughs> yeah, he kind of would have been. I could imagine that. Because Harry likes to be a little bit full of himself sometimes, even if it means it more jokingly and doesn't yeah. take it as serious. Okay, so we have been discussing quite a bit now. We like to always play a game still at the end of our episodes. And Juliana, how do you feel about we are doing a Hagrid's hut so that you can guess and the guys in the chat can guess Ooh, as well? Yeah, that's fine. Blimey, what's he hiding in there today? <laughs> All right, I have my trustworthy Fantastic Beasts book in my hand. Let me yes. get to the right pages. So I'm going to guess and feel free to guess in the chat too. And we'll see if we can decipher what... Blimey, what's Hagrid hiding in his hut today? <laughs> All right, so Juliana, you will tell me to stop. Okay. Stop. Okay, let's go with this one. Okay. Okay, I think this one should be something you should all be able to guess. So Juliana, okay. even if you already know it, before you blurt out your idea, let mm -hmm. the chat get in first as well, because we are a little bit delayed. So yeah. we can see their their ideas as well. Okay, cool. All right, guys. The MOM classification for this beast is four X's, which means dangerous, requires specialist knowledge, skilled mm -hmm. wizard may handle. Here we go. The <laughs> is a magnificent swan-sized scarlet bird. Oh, okay. <laughs> With a long golden tail, beak and talons. It nests on mountain peaks and is found in Egypt, India, and China. The <laughs> lives to an immense age as it can regenerate, bursting into flames when its body begins to fail and rising again from the ashes as a chick. The <laughs> is a gentle creature that has never been known to kill and eats only herbs. Like the Dirichol, it can disappear and reappear at will. The <laughs> song is magical. It is reputed to increase the courage of the pure of heart and to strike fear into the hearts of the impure. Hmm's <laughs> tears have powerful healing properties. Hmm. I wonder what this could be. So if you guys want to guess, <laughs> I think we can actually do a second beast after this that is maybe yeah. a little, a little bit more harder. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Uh, Sheila said Phoenix. Roy said Phoenix, and Jenna said Phoenix. The MacGuffin bird? I don't know the MacGuffin bird. What's the MacGuffin bird from? I don't know what that is. <laughs> What's that from, Jenna? Let us know. Yes, I, I, well, I believe that all those people, and I, my guess also was going to be a Phoenix smell. So I think we might have gotten it right. And the Phoenix is, of course, correct. That was yeah. very easy. So I would love for you guys to maybe have a second beast. How do you feel about that? So yeah. Let's pick an obscure one this time. Yes. Okay. Let's do another round of you saying stop. Stop. Okay. Let's do this one. I think that is fairly, fairly easy to get as well. If you have paid attention. Okay. The next beast that we have is also for X's and you should be careful. Okay. Listen up. 
The Mm-hmm-hmm is a Japanese water demon that inhabits mm-hmm. shallow ponds and rivers. Often said to look like a monkey with fish scales instead of fur, it has a hollow in the top of its head in which it carries water. The Mm-hmm-hmm feeds on human blood, but may be persuaded not to harm a person if it is thrown a cucumber with that person's yes. name carved into it. In confrontation, a wizard should trick the hmm into bowing. If it does so, the water in the hollow of its head will run out, depriving it of all its strength. Okay. I can't think of the name of this beast. I, I, I see it in the... I can see it because we get a visual of it in Fantastic Beasts 2. We do. Because it's part of the Circus Arcanus. Yes. I can't remember. It's, a, it's the Japanese water demon that I cannot remember the name of right now. And I can see it visually in my head and I can see Credence like interacting with it in the movie. But I can't remember the name for the life of me. Oh, okay. Sheila guessed it. And so does Fred and Roy also had it too. They're all having a hard time typing in its name because it's not recognizing it as a word. Interesting. Okay, why is that? But you guys are right. It is it's a kappa. kappa. Yeah. Yes. Good. You know your beasts. Yeah. <laughs> I think we are starting to really run a little bit out of beasts. There's not that many in this book, but yeah. um once that will happen, I think we have to just uh switch over to finding beasts from myth and legends and just tell their story or something. That would be very interesting too. I always love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or he gets spells too, because there's a spell book, and you could tell me what the spell does, right. and I have to guess oh, the name. That would be a difficult one because yeah. I always forget what they are. I forget what they are too. I'm getting better. <laughs> I feel like having watched the whole playthrough of Hogwarts Legacy, I'm getting actually more familiar with what some of the spells do. Yes. Okay, so that was fun. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you all for participating in that. Yes. And also big shout out to Fred, too, for helping us moderate this year. Yes! He creates his own 3D printed minifigures, and he paints them and does all the artwork on them. And go check him out. He is at the Joy of Painting Minis on Twitch, and he does a lot of Twitch live streams there. So if you're looking to just watch some relaxing and cool painting videos, you can definitely go check him out and all his cool 3D printed items. All of you guys are amazing. So thank you so much. We are currently at $362.50. Ooh, okay. So we're definitely going to get over 400 because we have to do the podcast patron donation and then I have to put my donation in too. So we're going to at least get over 400 Yes. Just go over to the WAVAW webpage and help those guys out. We are just helping to like send some ourselves mm-hmm. their way. But... You can always check their webpage and help yourself. Yeah. So I would say we are closing out our recording of this episode now. So Juliana, would you like to give us the contacts? Oh, yes, I would love to give you the contacts. Well, friends, thank you so much for coming to our live stream episode. Thank you to all those who are with us now currently in the live stream. And thank you to those who are listening back to this. We love you all. Hugs and kisses. Love Voldemort and Double Dollar. <laughs> if you'd like to get in contact with us here at Puffcast Pod, you can listen to us on all platforms where podcasts are found. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Puffcast Pod. And you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Puffcast. You can also send us a long form response about Snape or any other things that you have to say at PuffcastPod yeah. at gmail.com. You can also support us over on Patreon. Again, thank you to our patrons who are helping to support the WAVAW this month, helping us up our donation. And for as little as $2 a month, you can help donate to a charity every month. 
also get some cool bloopers that Mal has put out there, and also a bunch of other bonus items there. And also the episode's a day early, which is really exciting. Yay. Mm -hmm. So that's patreon.com slash puffcast. You can also get your puffcast shirt. Get a, head over to bonfire.com and search puffcast, and we are the only shirt that comes up there. If you'd like to do us a solid, we'd love to have you leaving us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. So we would love to hear if you like the show or not. That's a great way to get us a little bit higher in the charts and get more people to listen to us. Go and push against that algorithm, you know? <laughs> Until next time, stay puffy. And continue on doing some good and help out those who need it. And then, badger on! Badger on! <laughs> Yay! We have still another one coming in, Juliana, just now. Oh, okay. Do you have another piece of Twitter greeting? Yes, there is a... Hello? <laughs> oh no, Yulia. Goodness, I love Yulia so much. <laughs> Yulia, oh hello. So, Yulia, I just wanted to share with you. So guess what? I put in to be on Eurovision this year. And guess what? Denmark chose me. I am the official Eurovision submission for Denmark. Ready? <laughs> I wrote the song myself. I call it Ode to the Whale. Do you like it? Um... I also have a full whale costume that I'll be wearing on the stage. And also, all of my people who are going to my background dances will be fish. So I can pretend to eat them. Hee 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 Joke's on them. I'm a pizza who's eating people now. <sighs> well, I, 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 hope you, I hope you do use your votes for me. I know you get 10. And usually, you don't put them towards Denmark. But you know, this year, you should. Because I am the official Denmark submission. Thank you very much. Here I am. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, know, I will sign signatures. I will give out <laughs> autographs later. Thank you so much for coming to my show. I will see you later. I, I do hope you vote for me. Yes, uh, around this time when this episode comes out, we will have seen the Eurovision already and mm. we will be able to tell vote for the if he really me. was there or not. <laughs> yeah. Of course, that cheesy liar wasn't there and Finland should have definitely won. Thanks, Sweden. Bye. Bye.